0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the James Donald Forbes McCann Catamaran Plan. If you'd like to listen to bonus episodes, go sign up to the Patreon. That's Patreon.com. Ah, uh, we f***ed it. Anyway, you'll look. You'll find a way.
1: I didn't experience anything once I left home that I hadn't signed up for if anything it saved my life me being homeless for that small period of time allowed me to see all of the people that were in that situation and to see that these were lawyers and doctors and and, and, and teachers and that these people were white and black and asian and indian and the only thing that all of these homeless people had in in, in common was um They made a bad decision and aligned themselves with drugs. And I interviewed them all. What drug? What? And guess what, Shannon? Well, nobody had a great story. Nobody had a great story of what meth had done for them, what crack had done for them, what cocaine had done for them, what heroin had done for them, what speed had done for them. Nobody had them stories. Everybody's story was I had my life together. And then I decided to do this dumb thing. And I lost my wife, I lost my house, I lost my cars, I lost my reputation, and I'm now out here sucking penis in the woods. What? Talk about scared straight. You ain't got to worry about me.
0: (laughs) Oh yes, welcome to this episode of the James Donald Forbes McCann Catamaran Plan brought to you live from Steubenville. That's where I've landed. I don't know where I've, I'm going. I've just come back from the bar. I've just, um, on the way there, I, oh, I drove on the right-hand side of the road and I only seriously got in trouble one time trying to get used to this American driving. Let me tell you, I'm so happy I stayed off of drugs. I'm so happy I've, I've never been a big other than A short amount of time where I discovered that codeine and a bottle of wine was a good time. I'm so glad that I have a weird fear of drugs because it's allowed me to do so many wonderful things. I can tell you if I'd gotten into drugs, kids, if I'd gotten into drugs in a big way, oh, I'd be in trouble. I'd be just doing drugs. At home in sweet Adelaide with all my friends. Gosh, it doesn't sound so bad now that I say it out loud. No, but seriously, folks. Kids! I'm here in Steubenville. I've made it to America. On the last podcast, I was I was sitting in a car in Greymouth, New Zealand. And what a thing it is to get to go back to Greymouth, New Zealand. And then from there, well, it was a big journey. If you want to hear about it, I describe it in painstaking detail on the Patreon which so many people have signed up to, supporting my dream of boat ownership, and I thank you for that, and I thank you for your financial contribution, and, now I, and then I was in Austin, and I got to do comedy at Joe Rogan's Comedy Club and live at my friend Shane's house, and I got to do stand-up comedy, and I got to hang out, and I got to play a video game. Gee, it's rare that I get, gee, it's good, as well as drugs that I've stepped away from video games, because let me tell you, if I was a video game playing person in general, I wouldn't be here in Steubenville either. Oh, it's been hard. (laughs) It's been bloody hard here in Steubenville because I don't have a car. I'm about to take possession of a car next week from a friend. But I haven't had a car, haven't had a social security number, haven't been able to get paid, haven't been able to go anywhere. I've just been in the downtown of Steubenville, which my friend Mark, he's trying to turn around. It's just one man trying to turn around the whole hollowed out downtown of a rust belt imploding community and he's doing a damn fine job of it i was at the bar that i believe he owns the land of it was wonderful just to sit around with men to have a beer to talk about how fat zion williams is williamson zion williamson i always want to call him a name that ain't his name Oh, I should be quiet. My whole family's here. My family's finally arrived. I'm back together with my family. I spent, I don't know what it was, nine days away from my family. I don't know how much to tell you. I don't know how much to catch you up. I don't know where I'm going to live. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm here in America. I'm in America. I'm in America. In America. This is America. I went to the public library today with my family. We walked all through the downtown of Steubenville to the cathedral that they're taking away, they're taking away the cathedral. They say there's not enough people living here. I believe this is the argument that there's not enough people living here to justify having a bishop. Boy, there's not a cathedral to justify having a bishop. They have a photo in the library. It's a beautiful Carnegie Library. A man named Carnegie. Here's my understanding of American history is that there was for a brief period of time a man who owned everything. I've woken people up. I've been too loud and I've woken people up. I've been too enthusiastic. Enthusiastic I'm going to stumble upstairs now Drunk And try and be a good father Ah what have I done What have I done to my family And what have I done to myself Maybe I'll stay down here And that sound will just go away That screaming baby Ah I've really Stuffed that one ah, there'll be some big apologies To come from yours truly Excuse me that might be Where we end the podcast right now I'm back and I'm better than ever. The baby's snuggling down with its sweet, tender mother. I love my wife so much. I seriously recommend marrying the same woman I did. If I'm struck down or even if I die for a long time, I I commend marrying her to any one of you. And indeed, I will only give my blessing to the marriage if it's a James Donald forson <laughs> mccain kind of plan listener who does marry my sweet, tender widow. We walked to the library today. It was a beautiful library, paid for by Mr. Carnegie, next to a terrible, terrible cathedral. I I didn't even look inside of it, but they had a picture of how the cathedral used to look and how it looks now. They knocked down the towers. It had two big, beautiful towers out front. They knocked it down. It was made of a beautiful black stone, and they bricked up the front. Didn't get me bricked up, let me tell you that much for free. I can't believe what they did to this building! It was evil! I mean, imagine being the man whose job it is to tear that down. Imagine being the man who thinks that's a good idea! Disgraceful, but the library is wonderful. I must say, even I've been to some pretty... uh, The word that they would use, I would think would be... um, What's the word that they use to mean poor in America? Well, let's just use that word. I've been to some pretty poor neighborhoods in America, And both times I've been there, they've had beautiful, beautiful libraries. I mean, you can't... Maybe I'm just getting lucky, but the libraries in this country are magical. I've never seen a library that may be more enthusiastic to be a black child. So many exciting possibilities for black children. Also, the signage and books of this library would make me think, making the dreams and wishes of Dr. Martin Luther King come true. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I'm sick of the way people bring up him cheating on his wife. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was a great man, and people in this country keep bringing up the fact, seemingly, that he was cheating on his wife to keep black people in their place in this country. Well, I've had enough. One man, one charismatic man's infidelity should not destroy the movement of a whole people to self-determination. Hello, and welcome to the James Donald Forbes McCann Catamaran Plan. It's the podcast where I, James Donald Falls began, am trying to buy a boat. And uh well, as a brief catch up, I've moved my family to America, to Steubenville, Ohio. I gee, I was sitting backstage with some comedians. I performed at Joe Rogan's Comedy Club, the Mothership. Can I just quickly say, if you ever get the opportunity to do that, and I know not a lot of you will, because not a lot of you are stand-up comedians. I mean, even if you are a stand-up comedian, is you know maybe it's a difficult for you to get your whole, drag your whole damn family across the world. It wasn't easy for me to do it, but let me tell you, it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. They've built acoustically, technologically. It's just perfect. It's one man with a lot of money who said, what if we just made the perfect place to do comedy in and then they did it. Oh, it moved me. I was moved. I wasn't wasn't just doing comedy and performing in front of those people. I was having a very close to a transcendent experience. I mean, just filled with terror. So afraid to go on and perform in front. I mean, because imagine if you're bad there, gee, that'd be a real kick in the trouser. Excuse me, I shouldn't be talking in that way. I'm just, uh, I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know how I'm going to provide for my family. But there are a lot of people in America who are looking me in the eye and telling me they're going to help me. And I'm so grateful for them. And I'm so grateful for you, dear listener. I've had an idea for merchandise. That's the next episode. I need a car before we move into the merchandising phase. Oh my goodness, it's just, I can't open a bank account. People are trying to pay me. And I can't open a bank account because I don't have a social security number yet. So I went to go and get a social security number in the downtown of Steubenville. And the ladies there were so wonderful. There was only about three people in the social security office. People trying to get their disability. And the women, they said, we don't like the rules here. They were so apologetic. They said, we don't like the rules here, sir. It's just our job. And I thought, I I wonder if you know about the Nuremberg trials. But they were so kind to me. They were so kind to me. So in about two weeks, I'm going to have a social security card with a number on it. I'm going to be able to take that number to a bank and or credit union. I'm going to get a bank account. And then when I provide goods and or services for people, they'll be able to pay money into that account. And until then, we just hobble along. Oh, I went to a Walmart with my father. My father's come along, my father's here, and he is just indefatigably enthusiastic. There was a there was a wall at the Walmart, as you might have guessed. But it was a wall of soldiers who had died in war from Steubenville and they got all their pictures up on the wall. And my, my daddy, he was taking pictures of all the dead young sweet boys who died in the defense of liberty in various wars. Excuse me, I do have to be quiet. I'm I'm waking everybody up again. I thought I was being quiet this time, but I guess not. Excuse me. Okay, now being very quiet indeed. Turning this into an ASMR podcast. That seems to be what the young people today need is someone just whispering into their ears. Maybe that's a breakthrough in microphone technology. Maybe that's a sign that People lack the warmth of a mother when they're growing up, but who am I to say what's right and wrong in this crazy mixed-up world? I'll tell you who I am. I'm a man with judgment. I'm a man with relatively sound judgment, and I'm here to tell you that I find the ASMR phenomenon fundamentally disgusting, but also enrapturing at the same time, because it's nice when someone's words tickle me inside my ear, not even in a particularly sexual way, although that too... But I, I, I mean, the best video I found trying to describe American football, I, gee, I'm trying to understand the American football. The best video that I could find was an ASMR woman doing it.
1: I think these guys line up their special teams. So this is where special teams come out. And they're going to be back here. And I don't know if they have to be at a certain spot back here, actually. But you have your
0: catcher kind of guy. Running back? No, not running back. I don't know where he's called. <laughs> I should look at up. This guy. He's going to catch that and then these guys are all lined up in
1: here i guess they have to be lined up up here to begin
0: i mean she wasn't across every single last one of the rules but she was doing a pretty good job on balance i thought if i may make one small complaint about america i love this country i love so many things about this country but if i'm to make a complaint about this country it's the food is wrong so just so many things about the food are wrong i tried to buy Flour. I tried to buy just the most normal flour possible for my wife so she could cook at home and it was, there was bleach in it. There was bleached flour and she said, there's bleach in this flour and I said, honey, I'm I'm sorry I got the most normal one I could. She said, well, it's right. I guess we're eating bleach and everything else too. When you just buy bread at the supermarket, there are all these extra weird flavours in it that shouldn't be there. Milk tastes wrong in this country everything is wrong no wonder poor sweet zion Williams is williamson i don't really care about zion williamson i'm just i feel uh i tell you i was having a big i was having a big chat before and i was having a i would say a, one of several consecutive dark nights of the soul i was talking with my wife about where we're going to live what we're going to do how we're going to provide what i'm going to do that i said what well, we're going to do twice i did and then uh, Mark, Mark, who's next door, Mark, whose house I'm in, he said, do you want oh, to come to the bar?" Oh, I said, yes yes, 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 yes. And there were all these lovely men there and just drinking with these men in this bar, smoking a couple of cigarettes I don't mind saying. You can hear that in my, uh, I believe you call the, it a lung. Lung. i the sadomasochistic organ of all. Excuse me. That was just nice. It was just human to be hanging out with the boys. To be there with the boys talking about whether or not Zion Williamson was fat. It was a meaningful moment for me. Can I just take a moment to shout out immigrants? I'm sorry to make this a big gay woke podcast. It's something that I never thought this podcast would become. Would be a big woke gay podcast. But gosh, immigrants have a hard time of it. To hear different voices around you is, well, it's taxing. To have to change the way you say the word water when you're in a... Water. Just so that you'll be understood. I'm sure there are other problems about the immigrant experience, but those are the two that I've noticed. And it's really actually only one. If you think about it, it's the same thing, sort of. Number one is a flavor of the food, and the other is a flavor in the ear.
1: Here comes the now,
0: I'll tell you one thing. I was doing... Man, the first couple of sets I did in America, the first couple stand up comedy sets, I, I was a bit robotic. I was changing some words around to try and be understood by the American audience. And my friend Shane, he told me, he said, I noticed you're changing a couple of words around for the Americans. I said, That's correct. And he said, Don't do that. So I stopped and I just treated the audience like they were an Australian audience. Baby, it was so much better. It was fine. If I, when, when I just treat them like people, People are all the same. People are all the same out there, and and they don't mind you being different. It was a real beautiful moment where I thought, oh, I can just do my act, because I had thought I'll have to go through all my material to see what if it works in America and slowly introduce it and change it bit by bit, because I got one bit that involves the word kilogram, and I thought, well, I can't be saying that. I have gained 10 kilos recently. Thank you. I'm not happy about it. I realised I was getting fat because men in pubs have stopped calling me mate. And started to call me big fella. And I thought, I, c- I can't say that. It's got the word kilos in it. Who's going to understand me talking about kilos in America other than people who sling cocaine? That's my understanding. That's the unit they use. And It was like a germ in my head that I had to change everything else that I do. I couldn't say the word mate. Turns out you can say the word mate in America. They know the word mate and they know that Australians say it and they're perfectly... Capable of tolerating an Australian saying the word mate instead of buddy, so I just plough on. Use the word. I just treat them like human beings who are capable of listening to another human being. Isn't that beautiful? Gee, this podcast's getting pretty effaced. This is a podcast about how we all need to listen to each other and how immigrants have a hard time of it. That's not the podcast I set out to make. I set out to make a podcast for me and a boat. And I'm proud to say that we've never been closer. I'm uh, so happy to have so many beautiful new listeners from all across the world, largely from America. We've got hundreds of new listeners in America, tens of new people on the Patreon. I want to say thank you. You are making the dream of me buying a boat stronger than ever. Maybe not close than ever, but stronger. I gotta tell you, I I had a, I had alternately a very beautiful experience and a very bad experience while I was putting gas in the car. As I was on the way to the, I was driving. I was on the way to this bar, not pub, bar. Gee, there's something about a pub that's very family friendly, and you can have a child at a pub and at a bar. It's just an area where men go to get drunk. That's my understanding God. of the difference if I was to Anyway, put it into so wood. this guy at the petrol station, I will not lose my identity. This guy at the petrol station goes, Hey, I, I have extra $10 left on my meter. I, I put in a certain amount of money to fill up the car. And there's an extra $10. Do you want the extra $10 of fuel? I said, yes. And Mark, very gracious, he said, well, does someone else here need it more than us? I said, Mark, let's take the fuel, man. So I, I drive the car around. I put the fuel in the car. And when I go in, because obviously, I mean, it didn't work. Here's the other thing. I, we went to try and put the fuel in the car, accidentally put $20 in. So I had to pay the difference of the $10. And it was me in the line and these people waiting behind me, and they were buying just every. It was this young family. Well, it wasn't a young family, it was a father and his enormously fat teenage children. And they were buying every snack imaginable at the petrol station. I mean, they, they were buying something called a Yuhu, which is, I think, an American chocolate milk drink. They were buying those. It was like 17 different Skittles fried things, chips. I mean, it puts my wife's complaint of the bleached flour to shame. I mean, these people were just getting ready to buy a mountain of poison. And later on, Mark said, he goes, when I was was complaining about what these people were ordering, I was saying, you can't eat that and live. And he said, James, I hope you know that those people were buying their dinner. I said, that's, don't say, he said, that's, that's dinner for those people. I just. Oh, I thought that was. That really was. That's America. That's the two sides of America that I've seen. On the one hand, it's a man doing something generous, giving an extra $10 of petrol to somebody. I've never in my life encountered somebody ever giving excess petrol to someone. And on the other hand, it's a big fat family living the life I wish I could lead.